You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 170. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits Podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I'm your host, Jesse Mogul, and as always, honor and a privilege to have you here. Oh boy, oh boy. We have come out of the gate with some strong, strong shows this year from drinking in college and how that affects you psychologically to how it affects you biologically. Um, We've been discussing um, how to fail and move through the fear. So today I want to discuss with you um, being emotionally triggered versus emotionally grounded and how that is allowing you to either react or respond. And this is extremely critical because let's go back to the drinking, right? Whenever people are drinking, they're often um, very short to temper, right? A lot of reaction. This is where a lot of arguments come into play, right? Somebody's super happy and then that starts to, you know, the the super happiness starts to wear off, dopamine and endorphins start to get um, exhausted. And next thing you know, the serotonin's like, okay, well, if we're not going to feel happy, let's get more aggressive towards getting back to happy. That leads to the crying and that leads to the anger, You've seen the angry drunks and you've definitely seen the crying drunks, right? That's an emotionally reactive, an emotionally triggered state. When you feel fear, that's you being emotionally triggered by previous experiences in your life that are similar to the event that you're experiencing now, your brain has created an anchor there. It cues it off and says, hey, this fear is going to lead to humiliation. I do not want this this opportunity, do not follow through with this leadership opportunity because I'm afraid of humiliation, right? It's emotionally triggered. And when you're a reactionary, you aren't in your best state of mind. You're being controlled by your amygdala, your midbrain. That's the emotional ghetto that that tags everything with all your previous memories and experiences that it finds to even be remotely similar so that you when you, so that you don't take on these new things because of the potential for humiliation, for failure, for disappointment, right? It's, it's going to evoke fear, and this fear is going to be like, oh, nope, nope, we know what fear. Fear means just stay in our house in our comfy little bubble, and everything will be okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, it may or may not be okay. That's a judgment statement. I'm not willing to try to go down that rabbit hole, because you could certainly spend your entire life inside your house, the way society has set it up. You could do all your schooling online. You could have all your groceries delivered. I mean, you pretty much could just never leave your house if you wanted to, and then you won't experience the true grandeur of life. You can look at pictures of Tahiti all you want on the computer. It is not the same as going there, right? So now when you start to readjust yourself to being emotionally triggered, and you think about it, how emotions will trigger you right? How other people's behavior will trigger you. You walk into the kitchen, you see a spoon in the sink. You told your roommates not to leave the spoon in the sink before you get emotionally triggered, right? Cause you feel disrespected or unheard or just, you don't want a dirty house. And then you go in the living room and you start screaming at them. That's you reacting to the dirty spoon in the sink. And it's not necessarily the dirty spoon in the sink that you're even mad about. It's the disrespect. It's the lack of feeling heard. It's 
disorganization, which again, isn't what you're really mad about. There's, you could have a strong feeling towards disorganization because your parents were hoarders or the kitchen was always gross and there was roaches in it when you were a kid. So you learned if you kept the kitchen clean, there was no roaches and you didn't look around your kitchen and think you were a hoarder, right? So there's all these things coming into play and then you see a spoon in the sink. It triggers you for any of those myriad of reasons I gave plus the infinite amount you all can come up with on your own. And now... You're in the living room yelling at them. You're reacting. Now, when you are emotionally grounded, right, you're allowing yourself this opportunity to center yourself, to respond. There's a difference that's so obvious in reacting versus responding. Reacting is just being hot-headed. It's anger. It's like your emotions are in charge. Response is that prefrontal cortex right here. When it, you know, take your take one of your fingers and start tapping it right in the middle of your forehead. That's where your prefrontal cortex is. And while the distance from it to the midbrain isn't very far, inch-wise, it might as well be a lifetime away whenever you are emotionally triggered because it's getting tagged up by that emotional ghetto the amygdala and the midbrain, they're, they're tagging it up with all these emotions. And then by the time it's able to work itself out of that chaos, it gets to the front of your brain. And that's where five minutes later, you're in the kitchen and you're like, you know what? That wasn't even that big of a deal. And now you got to go into the living room and you got to apologize. If you're a mature human being, you go in there and you're like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have behaved that way. Why do you, why do you switch like that? so fast, obviously not fast enough to not have yelled, but it's because the information finally got to the prefrontal cortex. You were able to realize that you have no idea what was going on in their life. Or then they told you, Hey, I was going to go in there and use that spoon again. I didn't want to put it in the dishwasher. Right. Because in my household, when we were kids, we were taught not to just put slightly dirty silverware in the dishwasher to reuse it until it was absolutely done being used. Who knows what their justification is right? And again, excuses are reasons that could have been avoided. So was it an excuse or was it a reason? That's for you to determine in that moment. But once you've given yourself some time to calm down, it's the prefrontal cortex that says, this is a better way to have responded. So your goal is to get from the stimulus to the action and give yourself some time. Uh, you can find quotes on this. You know, it's the gap between stimulus and response. That's where the importance is. Why well, call it stimulus and action? Because I don't want people to get confused with the reaction versus the response. So you have a stimulus. You see the spoon in the sink. How much time are you giving yourself before you take action? Do you immediately scoop up the spoon, throw it in the dishwasher and slam the door, then run right out into the living room and start yelling? Do you grab that spoon up and go straight out to the living room and just start throwing it at the roommate? Right? You didn't give yourself much of a gap from stimulus to action. What stimulates and then the action that, the, that comes from the stimulation. If in that moment you can teach yourself to count to five, to breathe in deep, Right, you got to do something that allows for the uh, the initial emotional triggering to calm itself down, and it will. It absolutely will. This isn't lying to yourself or trying to justify their behavior. It's giving you an opportunity to slow the f down for a moment, and then just say, "Okay, it's a spoon in the sink. No idea why it's there. I know what I've asked them to do, but I know what I know. There's a spoon now." If I just jump to conclusions about why this spoon's in the sink, I might cause an issue that I'm not prepared to deal with. 
I don't want to continue dealing with. I cannot tell you how many times in my life I have allowed my hot-headedness to write, my, to write myself a check that my ass then has to cash. Something that could have easily been a five-minute issue turns into a five-hour conversation or a five-week argument. If you can stop yourself, this is going to come in huge because you're not always going to be the boss and you're always going to be in charge and it's not always going to be your way is the highway. You're going to have to learn how to, to intermingle with other people's ideas and emotions and behaviors and actions. One day you're going to have a partner that's living in the same house and they're going to have a different way of living than you. You're going to have to be able to figure out how to balance your wants and their wants so that it becomes everyone's need and desire to create. You don't always get to be in charge. And whenever you're reacting instead of responding, you're putting yourself in a position for a lot of apologizing. Again, if you're an emotionally mature adult. So where in your life are you finding yourself reacting rather than responding? And it can also be just an interplay within yourself, right? You get a text message that doesn't make you happy and immediately your reaction is to go into the pantry and grab out a whole bag of Oreos and scarf it down even though you told yourself you were going to be more healthy and go to the gym. You had a reactionary moment there rather than slowing down and responding in a more uh, balanced, grounded way. You're already in the pantry and now you're, you're doing something that later on you're going to have to feel guilty about, you're going to bust yourself up about, it's not going to be something you want to deal with because it's going against a decision you had previously made. Another flip side of that texting issue is that somebody sends you a nasty text or an email and then you immediately pop right back off at them, right? And now you're contending with all of that. I promise you, I have, I, I learned years ago, if I get an email that is not, does not make me happy, then I absolutely just let that thing chill in the inbox for a while. I recently was told a a, um, a speaking engagement I thought was going to happen. Um, right, they were expecting a, a, some paperwork from me. I didn't realize that. So when I called to confirm, they were like, "We didn't get the paperwork. We didn't think you wanted to do this anymore. We canceled you." So I sent them the paperwork and thought everything was good to go, and we were moving forward on the speaking thing. And then they just sent an email one day, and we're like, "You know what? We don't have room for you in our calendar. Too bad it didn't work out the way that it was scheduled the first time." And I was super bummed. I thought we had worked our way through that issue. It's on me for not following up. I'm the one who wanted the speaking gig. They went like they called me up and said, "Oh my God, we must have you." I called them. I talked to them. They said, "Yeah, we'd love to have you out. We really like your material. Why don't you come out and do this speaking thing?" All right. And then ultimately, I lost it because you know I didn't follow through. I didn't follow up with them. You know, in a timely manner. And they said, "Thank you, no mas." And I absolutely promise you, I let that email sit there in that inbox for a couple days because I didn't want to respond immaturely in an irrational way, right? Maybe one day that works out again. Plus, I live in a really small town. You go off and you pop off to the wrong people in this town and you, who knows who those people know? Everybody knows everybody. So you got to be really mindful. It's like, yeah, I'm bummed. I really wanted that. I really wanted that opportunity. Not because I thought it was going to make me money. I just would love to get up on stage and talk to people and share my knowledge and help people out. Did I get super bummed about the speaking gig falling through? But it, yes, but it's on me. It's not on them. I didn't follow through. I didn't do my my duty. They, have, they, they would have had a right to, to cancel the whole thing even if I had followed up. Even if I had done everything appropriately, it's, it's, it, they have all the right. 
to do it with their business as they please to do. And I tell you this story because I really want it to cement in that, yes, there are going to be things that happen in the future. You're going to bust your tail. You're going to do everything right. And somebody might still say, thank you, no thanks. Thank you, next. And it's going to burn. You're going to be disappointed in yourself or you're initially going to want to be mad at them. But in the end, it was an incredible learning experience. I had to do some things uh, on my computer to prepare for that that I had yet to previously do. All right, prepare some speeches, get some one sheets, get some emails, like really formulate some really great stuff that's going to be extremely useful for future clients, for future speaking engagements. I learned to make sure I follow up to make sure that there's nothing else that I'm supposed to send. If I send an email, make sure I follow up that everything was in that email. These are great learning. Good, grow, great. These are great learning moments. And in the future, you're going to have these opportunities too. And if you go off and you react, you torch a bridge. You torch any opportunity for a future, um, you know, working relationship or friend relationship or just, you just torch your own reputation. And in this day and age, reputation is extremely important because the internet does a really good job of making sure that information moves extremely fast. So even when I was in Los Angeles, I was mindful of that because, yeah, there's a huge area. But I'll tell you what, you just never, never, never know who knows who. And you might think that someone out there is, is you know, lowly or a peon or whatever you might think about them in your college world. And then you go out there and you find that they exist in your world still. And the way you treated them in college comes back to bite you in the tookish. You're going to be very disappointed with yourself. And as a kid, I reacted that way. As a young adult, I absolutely did not think through the, to the, the credits. I did not think of the repercussions of my behaviors. So now whenever I get an email that disappoints me or I get a text message that doesn't make me happy, I just set it aside and say, okay. I mean, this is some of the stuff I teach. I mean, what I teach is what I talk about on the podcast. And it's that reaction versus response. I have no idea what's going on in somebody else's life when I call them up and ask them if I can speak at their business. I have no idea what's going on in their life whenever I email them and call them back. Who knows what's going on? And to just assume that they're just sitting there like staring at their phone waiting for me or that a client's just sitting there with, you know, ready to push money out of an airplane to hire me is asinine. Any more than somebody calling you out of the clear blue is going to work for you. You're doing things, then all of a sudden you get a phone call and you're like, I don't have time to deal with this. I don't want to bother with this right now. And you could be short and curt with them, but then later on realize you actually do want to be able to work with that person or have a relationship with that person in some regard. But now you've acted nasty and they don't want anything to do with you. This is why stimulus to action. How can you elongate that? It's actually super easy whenever it's a text or an email because you just set the phone down or close the app or, or walk away. But when someone's in front of you and they're saying something that upsets you, that perturbs you, one of their actions goes against something else that you value or an opinion or belief that you hold strong to. And again, strong opinions and, and beliefs loosely held. We don't need to die on a mountain for every single thing that we have an opinion about. I can have my beliefs, you can have your beliefs, and I don't have to attack you because they're not the same. And that's where this response, you see it on television. It's like you get these talking heads that have differing points of view, and you can just feel the anger coming out of them. And sometimes you actually get to experience one of them snapping at the other. I can assure you inside both of them, they probably want to yell 
They probably want to be a little bit more aggressive, but they know that in order to come off as professional and mature and level-headed, there's a particular way people are expected to act on television or the radio or social decorum in general on apps. How are you reacting versus responding? Are you coming at things emotionally triggered or are you coming at things emotionally grounded? The difference is going to change your life. Yes, I get it. Things are going to happen that don't make you happy, that don't make you thrilled. But if you go back and start attacking someone, not necessarily physically, but just you know, psychologically, mentally, emotionally, right? then even if you were in the right, you're going to find yourself on the wrong side of that being right, and you'll be the one apologizing. Someone didn't turn something in on time, which thus made your part of the project fall apart. So you scream at them, right? And now it turns out you didn't lead very well. The boss is super pissed. The teacher's super mad that you're yelling at another student, right? And so now instead of even whatever modicum of, haha, I told you I was right, you should have done that on time. Whatever that was that you had previously, that's gone. Any quote unquote upper hand that you thought you had is, is out the window because of your behavior. Me speeding around that person, you know, in my 300ZX and causing that car accident taught me to be emotionally grounded, to elongate the time from stimulus to action. I call upon that memory so often. I, I, because life isn't like a movie and there's no way you could ever know all the different forks in the road your life would have taken with different decisions. Who knows? how much that saved my ass. But I can assure you, I feel pretty strongly. It's probably what kept me from dying during my alcoholism days or doing something violent when somebody triggered me in my car and causing something else to happen where this time the person really doesn't come out of it okay. Like, I'm blessed that that person is okay and they're able to live their life. They are not blessed for having known me and who knows what that memory in their head has created for the rest of their life, but I don't know them and I can only know me. So I can forgive me for that behavior because I was a hot-headed 23-year-old and I would never behave that way now. And it's because of what I learned then that I've been able to elongate stimulus to action. So I ask you to do the same. In your life, when you feel emotionally triggered, what can you do in that motion to in that moment to elongate? the time from the stimulus to the action. Maybe it's some push-ups or some jumping jacks or it's, or it's drinking an eight-ounce glass of water or breathing deep. The thing is, is that you're going to want to look for something that because anger is an arousal emotion, it's, it's, it, because it's going to elicit uh, this fight or flight or freeze kind of thing inside of you. It's going to pop your heart rate up. You're going to be looking for a way of calming yourself down that, This is the funny thing. I almost said it's got to be of the same kind of level. So do some push-ups and do some jumping jacks. But you are going to want to find what works for you. I know some clients and some friends who absolutely, when they get charged up, will do some push-ups or some jumping jacks or something physical in order to shake that emotion out of their body. Right? Instead of being in their mind, they're in their body, they want to calm the body down. I know other people who will just stop and it's almost like a goose fraba. You know, it's like a, this om, om, bop, bop, bee bop. Right? It's like they get themselves into some level of uh, a yoga, you know, meditation where it's like they're calming their heart rate down. Whatever works for you. 
Try it next time you feel emotionally triggered and you want to go off and react. Try something differently. Because if your normal behavior is to get triggered and then go off and react, and it's just the moment you feel it, you just surge towards the person. You just surge towards the problem. Then do something different in that moment. Even if it's just going to be like, you know what? I'm going to walk away. And just walk away. Put your hands up. Go, out, go outside the classroom. Go outside the professor's office. Whatever, you come back in and be like, thank you. I don't ever apologize when I do one of those things. When I have to leave somebody's space because I'm feeling triggered, I don't come back and be like, you know, I'm so sorry. Because I'm not sorry that I got emotionally triggered. It's just a visceral, natural reaction. The brain experienced something, created a thought, a feeling, and I got charged. So I just thank them. You know, thank you so much for giving me that space. Okay, where were we? I thank them. I oftentimes find that where people say, I'm sorry, a simple thank you would actually be much uh, more advantageous and is actually much more appropriate. Right? Somebody, somebody moves for me in the grocery store. Thank you. Thank you for your politeness. Not, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sorry I'm walking by you. But I am thankful that you allowed me the space to walk by you. I'm not necessarily, I don't run late, but if I, but on those rare occasions where I'm a few minutes off, I might just be like, oh, thank you for your patience. And then I just get right into the conversation. They don't need a whole story about this traffic light and that traffic light and then apologizing, right? Because it's like now all of a sudden there's some sort of subservience happening here. I'm not saying that you don't ever need to apologize. Screaming at your roommate about a spoon, you absolutely want to apologize. Hey, I'm so sorry I did that. I just want to thank you for being patient with me and not jumping off the couch and also reacting emotionally triggered or we would have probably gotten into a fight, right? So you can absolutely, there's going to be a time and a place for the apology. But people throw apologies around in this society a lot when they're not really sorry. So it loses its impact. Say you're sorry when you're sorry, but thank somebody when that might be more appropriate. I'm not sorry that my car's in your way in the parking lot, but I am thankful that you stopped so that I could pull out so that you would then have the space to do what you needed to do. I'm not sorry that I exist on this planet and that I am here and we happen to be around each other and we both want to go in the same direction. I'm not sorry about that. But I am thankful that you are you're, that you are allowing me, you're allotting me some space in your space, and then you should be just as thankful that I'm allotting you some space in my space, because that's how polite societies move forward. That's how we respond to somebody in our you know in our general area with their car in the Walmart parking lot, rather than flipping someone off or you know holding down on the horn. That's reactionary thinking that you are the only one exists and everybody else should just somehow figure out a way to circumnavigate your needs. That's reactionary. That's emotionally triggered. That's egotistical. Don't let the ego be in charge. Allow your normal, emotionally mature version of you to step up and respond. Be grounded. Realize you're not the center of the universe. Say you're sorry when you're sorry. Thank people for their politeness when they're polite. And embrace this emotionally grounded sensation because it will change everything. And this is something that, again, you'll have no idea how much this saves your ass in the future. But I can assure you, I have been fired from jobs. I have been broken up with by girlfriends. I have lost friends because I have emotionally reacted. And if I would have just calmed down in that moment and responded, things would have gone differently. 
they would have. I can know that without a doubt. I might still ultimately have left the job or left the girlfriend or left the friendship, but it wouldn't have happened in that moment in that state of being emotionally triggered. It would have been done through level heads and calm conversation where each person felt heard and then a decision could be made in that space of emotional groundedness. There's a saying, uh, what is it? Uh, Don't make promises when you're happy and decisions when you're sad. And I cannot stress that enough. I have made some promises while I'm happy and you're in a heightened state. So of course you're like, oh yeah, we'll go to the amusement park every week and this is amazing. And then that 13 year old kid is wondering why they're not going to the amusement park all the time. And now you're a liar. Don't make promises while you're excited and while you're happy and don't make decisions while you're sad. Because when you're sad, that's a negative emotion and there's fear and there's depression and there's anger and there's jealousy and there's hurt and all these emotions. And they're going to affect whether you're making the decision that's best for you long term or just one that in the moment will help you alleviate more sadness and any fear that might be following it. Stand strong in your convictions, but also hold on to them loosely. Don't die on every hill over every belief and opinion that you have. Step into conversations grounded rather than triggered. And I promise you, responding will pay huge dividends in your life, whereas reaction will only cost you. All right, my friends. Inclusivity over exclusivity. The power of positive energy. Release and flow. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. 